Happy Options Action Friday, everybody. I'm Melissa Lee, and we are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. We've got a big show on deck for you. Here's what's coming up. Is there a doctor in the house? Or at least a chartist? Phew, there is. Carter Worth checks the vitals of healthcare by putting Bristol Myers under the microscope. Then, Microsoft, Apple, Google, and now, Amazon. Dan Nathan completes his mega market quadfecta. Find out how to play the final name for the win. Plus, we're going to keep running with that second sports theme. Mikey versus Nike. Mike Coe has what you need to know to outpace the company's quarterly report next week. It's time to risk less and make more. Options Action starts now. Well, pharma's in focus on Wall Street as Washington lawmakers grapple with the best path forward on drug prices. But there's another side of health care that could be heading for a big breakout. Chartmaster Carter Worth over at the plasma to break it all down for us. Carter. Yeah, I thought we'd uh, look at Bristol-Meyer. I haven't done this stock in a long time, and I think there's quite an opportunity. So 30-year chart, two lines. Uh, you can see the optics. And the orange line is Bristol-Meyer relative to its peers, the S&P 500 healthcare sector. And to some extent, Bristol-Myers overshoots, undershoots. You see the great overshoot, the great undershoot, the great overshoot. And it's, it's this uh, divergence of late that is appealing to me. And then more immediately, how the stock is behaving day to day. So again, you've got the sector up some 50% more than Bristol going back 30 years to 1990. Now let's zero in on this uh, and look at the spread. So over the past three years, Again, sector up 27, Bristol-Meyer down 18. Now, bottom fishing is not good. It's usually dangerous. But if a stock is starting to actually reverse this, and that's what's happening, then it becomes quite interesting. So lagging dramatically, and yet day-to-day, I want to show you the following. Here's Bristol on top, and here's Bristol's relative performance to the sector. And if I put in this line, what you're going to see here is something very precise, that it has failed at this line, 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 and now it is pushed through. We have broken through, meaning relative outperformance for the first time in a long time. So we have the one-two setup, a big long-term outperformance, then underperformance, now starting to come to life. Let's look at the chart itself. And I think at a minimum, we simply get back to trend. And that would take you here. So if and as, we simply have a continuation of this current run that would give you a 10% move. Stock closed around 50, targeting 55. That's the trade. All right, Carter, come on back. Mike, what's the trade in your view? Yeah, I mean, so this is one of those situations where there are probably a lot of points that folks that are interested in trying to look at value stocks might have been tempted to try to make a play and get long this thing. It's trading at about 11 and a half times forward earnings now. Of course, it looked very cheap for all of the recent declines that we've seen. Options are not particularly expensive, despite the fact that the stock is considerably lower than it has been. So I think the thing that you want to do here is really straightforward. I was just looking out to December. I was looking at the 50 calls. Those were about two and a half bucks when I was looking at those earlier today. Those were slightly in the money. Obviously, the stock was trading about 50 and a half uh, or a little bit higher at the time. So really, there's um, 50 cents worth of extrinsic value in these things um, that we're looking at. The idea here is that you know, when you're looking at an expiration where you have two and a half or five dollar wide strikes and you're targeting a move up to, say, 55 bucks, obviously you don't want to buy those 55 calls uh, because you're basically, 
in a situation options traders want stocks to run through their long strikes and to their short strikes. In this particular case, there's really only two strikes. It's either the two and a halfs or the 50s. So we elected to go with the 50s, risking about 5% of the current stock price to make that bullish bet. Options are fairly priced. The stock is fairly priced. And if it turns out that this is not actually a rebound, you're going to be risking a relatively small amount. Here. How do you feel about bottom fishing? Well, it's funny. You know, the stock has had a nice little rally here. And this has been a stock that's been in a downtrend for fundamental reasons for a couple years now. Um, you know, I think it's kind of interesting here. It's obviously the group is pretty much out of favor. And this one in particular is. And Mike just talked to valuation, the chart set up for that move, back maybe towards 55 filling in that gap from 2018. I think this is a really good example of just simply buying a call that's like already in the money here, you're risking that $2.50 in premium, which is really what you'd be risking if you just went out and bought the stock right here. But that's it. And you don't lose the kind of risk of some sort of idiosyncratic piece of news that could take the stock back to 45, which would give you 15% of risk. So I like this risk reward. And if you do get that move that Carter thinks and people start looking at, you know, pharma stocks that are yielding three and a quarter percent, they're trading below market multiple. I think the trade works out. So I think this is the way to trade this idea. I mean, interestingly, just independent of this particular call to buy Bristol, I mean, healthcare was quite strong, right? Best sector uh, on the day. Also, top three performers in the Dow Jones Industrial Average were healthcare stocks. And uh, I just think there's going to be a little bit of a shift into this area generally. And Bristol's been such a laggard, right? But the key to bottom fishing is you want it to start to work, meaning we're not finding something that's just down and down and down. It's there's something a sign that's, of life. There's a sign of life. It's starting to actually turn and come to life and outperform. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, the final thing I would say is that very often when you've seen stocks that have had prolonged declines, one of the things that you see in the options prices is that they're going to get higher and higher. We, we frequently see that relationship. Lower prices correspond to higher implied volatility, higher options premiums. But this has actually been a fairly steady decline that we've been seeing, and, and this is a fairly steady stock. So this is actually a situation where options premiums are not particularly elevated, and that's one of the reasons why we're gonna, we don't need to be particularly creative to buy options to make our bullish bet here. Okay. In time. Check out shares of Amazon, the second A, and uh, Dan's MAGA here. Um, having a really rough go of it, dropping nearly 2% today, down almost 9% since that disappointing earnings report back in July. Not only has the stock failed to recover, but Dan says it could be about to get even worse. How much worse? Well, this is a good example where I'm just going to put together the technicals and the fundamentals here. You know, we've been spending over the last few weeks, I think three weeks ago, I did a constructive trade on Microsoft. Two weeks ago, a constructive trade on Apple. And last week, a constructive um, trade on Alphabet, which is Google. And when I get to Amazon, I have a very different picture here. Those three names to me that I just uh, named before had fundamental drivers to maybe retest or make new highs. Amazon has a fundamental driver, I think, that could take it lower. The fact that that stock broke down below that uptrend that have been in place in December has stayed down over the last month and a half or so tells me it's just really weak relative to its mega cap peers. I do not like that price action. It's hugging its 200-day moving average, which is really the only technical support near term that I see for it. And then I want to look out to their next earnings call, which is going to be the last week of October. And I think to myself, what did we see in the last call? They had told us that they're going to do one-day prime shipping. They saw units and they saw retail sales accelerate, but they also saw operating margins go down because they're dealing with the higher fulfillment costs, higher labor costs, and a whole host of things dealing with that. And then that chart right there, that's the price of options, implied volatility in Amazon, short-dated options, and they look pretty cheap. I think to myself, late October, I can't imagine that they're going to be able to turn the spigot off on the spending. They are all in 
on this one day prime. This is the future of the company, and they're not going to get off the ch- you know off the trail for one quarter. So I think there's risk to the quarter when we get to late October. That's the five year chart. It's you know, it's held that long-term uptrend pretty nicely there. But if you get through this near-term support, I think you're retesting 1500 So the trade, to me, is kind of simple. Obviously, it's risky. Um, if we do have some sort of trade deal and stocks take off, this thing will be back up higher. But today, when the stock was trading about 1795 you could look to November expiration, which is going to catch that earnings event, and buy the November 1760 1500 put spread, paying Fifty dollars for that. That breaks even at seventeen ten. You can make up to two ten between seventeen ten and fifteen hundred to the downside, and you're risking that fifty bucks. Okay, that's a, a few percent of the stock price, or a little less than that. But you can make up to twelve percent if the stock is down about fourteen percent over the next couple months with that catalyst. So, to me, you know, you say to yourself, why sell that fifteen dollar or that that ten dollar put at fifteen hundred bucks? I think it's massive support. I'm just trying to get a good risk reward here. I like risk. Risking 50 to maybe make 210 if this stock is down 13% in the well, next Well, you, you know, the thing I would point out about selling that downside put, I mean, let's take a look at the last four quarters that they reported. We had some very bad news a month later, basically, in terms of the price action for the stock. I was just taking a look at this. 8.5% decline, 4.6% decline, 27 and nearly 16% were the one-month post-earnings declines for the last four quarters. Now, just think about selling that 1,500 strike put, okay? That's quite a ways down. So, even if the results are negative, I think that it makes good sense to sell that. You're actually collecting 10 bucks. That's $1,000 per spread every single yeah. time you do that trade. And in the interim, that's actually going to mitigate a lot of the decay in the event that between now and the 24th of October when they're going to be reporting earnings, if you change your point of view, you're not going to be paying away quite as much in decay daily. So you, this gives you the opportunity to put a trade like this on and evaluate it continuously. Does new information come out? You know, you're going to have an opportunity this way. You know, just in a word, I think the chart is ominous. I mean, it is, it is like literally hanging there by a thread. We know the price volume correlation is bearish. We know the relative strength is poor. And we know it is a darling. And if there's any trouble in paradise, this is one of the most embraced stocks in the marketplace. And I think it's a quick swoosh down to the June low. Uh, and then obviously you're targeting lower levels. But it feels to me as though that's what's coming. Do you see the path to 1500? Well, I'm saying you, you got to you gotta get to the June low right, first, right. 1672, and then on from there. But what it's likely to be is not slow. It's likely to be quick. Hey, listen, yeah. if there's a fundamental driver, it's going back to those support levels. And just look at Netflix. Now, obviously, Amazon is a much bigger stump. But when the fundamental story changed, and make no mistake, it changed in the last few months, and we just got yeah. acknowledgement of it today, this stock has been, uh, you know, it's going to be down 30, 40, 50% at some point in, you know, this quarter from those all-time highs. And I don't know why you would think that Amazon couldn't do that. And don't forget, Apple, also a darling last year, had a 40% peak to trough decline from its prior highs um, in 2018. It doesn't need to get all the way down to 1500 And in fact, if you thought it was going to get to that or through it, you actually wouldn't sell it. I mean, just yeah. like we were saying before, you want it to go through your long strikes to your short strikes or somewhere in between. Uh, I think you're selling the 1500 because you think that that's probably as bad as it could get out of this upcoming earnings result, which is not going to be that far away. We're only talking about a month before they report. And, and look, I mean, there's this always this ongoing debate. The, the, the pain that's being felt on Main Street is Amazon's gain. But Amazon is still not exempt, right, from uh, general cycles and ultimately the risk that the consumer 
is peak everything. Peak claims are as low as they've ever been and, and so forth. One last point yeah. on the actual trade. So also when you're doing these spreads, we know that a high dollar stock like this, when you're buying a $60 put, we know that one contract can be a lot. And so what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to alleviate some of that cost here and kind of target that move by selling the downside put. So that's also a consideration there. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, check out our super cool newsletter. What are you waiting for? I'm Melissa Lee. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Options Action. Check out Nike sprinting higher off those recent lows. Shares up nearly 20% this year, but with the stock closing in on all-time highs. Mike says it might be time to send the sportswear giant to the bench ahead of next week's earnings report. He's over at the plaza with his call to action. Mike. Yeah, so we're taking a look at Nike. I think we are getting to a pretty tough price level here. As you pointed out, it's basically getting right back up to very close to its all-time highs. And in conjunction with that, we're also seeing that it's pretty close to its all-time peak valuations as well. And so looking ahead to earnings as a potential catalyst, I thought we might try to take a look at putting on a put calendar. So let's take a look at both of these things. So first, here we are, price to earnings. I think it's trading just under 34 times forward earnings. That's a pretty high level. As you can see, there have been a few instances where it has been higher than this, but not much. And I think that's a critical element to consider here. Now, one of the reasons why you would see an expansion in the price-to-earnings ratio is if you see material sales growth. Now, we have seen some better flow through to the bottom line, but, you know, the top-line revenue growth, impressive as as it is at about 7.5% per year, is remaining fairly constant. So when we take this in mind, we have to bear that in mind as well. So here we are. We can see, obviously, that the stock is basically right there. We're just under those all-time highs. So we're going into earnings. Three things can happen. It can either break out to new highs. It can sit essentially right here and struggle to make it anywhere, or it could potentially go a little bit lower. I was taking a look at putting on a short-dated calendar spread. So today, when I was looking at this, the September 27th weekly. So on Monday, these are going to be the ones that expire next Friday. You could sell the 87 and a half puts for $2.10 and buy the October 87 and a half puts for $2.55. That's a 45 cent debit. The idea here is that if earnings turn out to be kind of a non-event, the stock sort of lingers here. Now we own that longer dated put at a very low level. And I would just point out, I actually was trying to put this trade on today. It was about 40 bid at 45 for most of this afternoon. I had a 45 bid in. For some reason, it didn't get executed. I was talking to Dan about that. Maybe I forgot to hit the send button. But this is definitely a trade that I'm going to be looking at on Monday because essentially the benefit here of owning that longer dated put, to be able to have that potentially for as low as 45 cents, I think it makes sense. And the implied move at just over 5% is higher than the average move, which is about 3.9 over the last eight quarters. And that's kind of the relationship you're looking for. Our options prices higher now than they usually uh, would indicate that it should be based on the kind of movement we're seeing. That's when these kind of calendar spreads will make some sense. All right, Mike, why don't you uh, come on over. Dan, what do you, th- what do you think of this? Yeah, so I, I, his setup is really interesting. You know, here's a stock that now it's come back to 90 level. I'll call it to speak to the chart, and we know that we have that catalyst. I just think it's interesting. You know, when I think about Nike, I think about Starbucks a little bit. This is premium brand, premium valuation, some, you know, consumer discretionary for all intents and purposes. And, you know, that's a stock that's down 10% from that pop that it had on earnings a couple months ago. So, you know, this one, I think there's some risk to it, especially when you think about what's going on with China. I think there's some potential for for um, at least some nationalistic feelings about, you know, our products. So I, I, I like, if you're really bearish on it, I, I'd say 
don't sell that weekly put, you know what I mean? Because you may get the sort of move, the rejection at 90, if there's any uh, a miss and a guy down, the stock is going to be going back towards 80. I mean, it is quite a setup. If you think of the technicals, the chart, you have well-defined tops at a common level. Mid-April, it hits 90, right? Mid-July, it hits 90. And then we've tried to approach the breakout level again, and the stock actually exhibiting very poor action, where it should be actually at that level and toying with a lot of tension to break out if indeed the earnings are going to be good. The market is saying if you interpret it this way, then in fact what's coming is not going to be good. And I think it actually, rather than breaks out, fails here and has a fairly dramatic um, sell-off. Although the last earnings season people thought that it wasn't going to be good and it was fine. Yeah, actually, I think it was was in many respects better than than people anticipated. Here's the thing. I mean, when you have stocks that are trading very close to their peak valuations, and you're going into the, you have to say to yourself, okay, what are they going to announce? What would they have to say that is going to get a pronounced move higher? You have to, you're going to have no either. No slowdown in China. Well, yeah, I mean, no slowdown. You're going to have to see at least all of the growth that's currently priced in. And that's not immaterial. I mean, we're talking about 7.5% year on year growth. That's obviously faster than the overall economic growth and no trouble coming from any other quarter, which I think in this environment is kind of hard to believe. But here's the thing I would say just about this calendar spread. 45 cents, if it just ends up sitting here after earnings, if we just die on the vine, you know, this is a trade that could be worth, you know, call it two bucks, something like that. So that's not a bad payoff. We'll call it four to five times uh, what you're risking. What you're risking is a very, very small fraction of the current stock price. To Dan's point, if you actually thought this thing was going to fall out of bed, what happened in FedEx, which punched me in the nose this week, by the way, then you obviously just want to own puts. You don't want to be short any of them. Coming up, it's been smooth sailing for travel stocks this year, but one of our traders says there's trouble brewing in paradise for one name. We're live at the NASDAQ market site. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take a check on a couple of our open trades. Now, back in August, Cohen Carter said Marriott was headed for a travel nightmare. It's a well-defined trend, and it's a break-in trend. This is a problem. And I think one wants to be very cautious on Marriott. Given the fact that although options prices are elevated a little bit, they really aren't as high as I think they ought to be given the risk factors and given how much equities have been moving around lately. I was looking out to October, the 125, 115 put spread. You could spend $2.65 for that. Well, Marriott's down about 5% this week after getting hit hard on oil's historic spike. So, um, Mike, how are you managing this trade? Yeah, so, I mean, this thing is, uh, we've lost about 75 cents or so in decay, but I think we set up well. The stock looked like it behaved very poorly to me. The only thing I would point out is we've got earnings on the 4th of November. If you want those, then you need to roll this out. But I actually have a feeling it's going to break lower before then. What do you think? I mean, it's very heavy, and this stock is, is in a way, a beta trade. If the market's going down, the stock will be going down. I think you stay and you want to be short. All right. Uh, Just last week, Dan said Alphabet could be on its way to all-time highs. To me, I think this sets up as a good candidate for a call calendar where I want to sell some shorter dated out-of-the-money calls and take in the premium and help finance some longer dated calls that are going to catch that earnings event that I think will be the catalyst for a move back up to the prior highs near 1300 So here's the trade. When the stock was trading at 1235 today, you could buy the October-November 1300 call calendar paying $15 for that. 
Alphabet uh, moved around quite a bit this week. So what's your next move, Dan? Yeah, so it moved around. It's down $5 in a week on a $1,235 stock. So this spread that we're selling October and buying November for the earnings event is down like a buck. It costs 15 It's worth 14 right now. It's doing really kind of exactly what I wanted to do at some point very soon. That October short 1300 call, you're going to cover that and you're going to be long that November. And then at that point, you think about, okay, what's the setup into earnings in late October? Maybe I spread it and turn the November 1300 call into a uh, vertical call spread. Wait a minute. So last week was Google. Yeah. This week was Amazon. Amazon. We got God. So you so you were doing Mega now, stay with us here. So four, four weeks, weeks ago, we did right. Microsoft. Three weeks ago, we did Amazon. Last week, we did Google. All and right. today, yeah. Slip that yeah. in there. Well, there you go. All right. In order. In order. In order. I'm sure our astute viewers caught that, though. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to OA. Time for a tweet. Our first viewer asks, would you buy Disney December 150 calls now with Disney Plus and earnings next month? Mike, why don't you take that? Uh, no, no, I would not. Uh, so first of all, you're talking about the stock breaking out to all-time highs. Right now, the options market is implying about a 15% probability that the stock could get above that level. I actually think that the probability is probably lower than that. Would you agree? I would say close to, close to zero. Close to zero. Yeah, I mean, it, look, we know it had that epic re-rating, all the Netflix news and yeah. what it's doing. And ever since, it's been sort of flat. There's not much catalyst that would take you that quickly to that level. Final call time. Carter, back over to you. You know, Bristol-Meyer, I think things are brewing. I'm a buyer. Hi. Options in Bristol are relatively inexpensive, so I think just buying some December calls on that is the way to make your bullish bet there. Dan yeah, just my quick comment on Disney. I think 130, that gap level rainfall is really important. You want to see it hold that. And then Amazon, I agree with Carter. I think it's ominous. I think you put spreads in November. <laughs> that does it for us here on Options Action. See you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money starts right now.